I didn't have a conversation with him. I was so angry that I decided I was going to do tough love. And he would call me and uh, I wouldn't accept the charges. The last time he called me and I didn't accept the charges, I just had this funny feeling that I should have taken the call. Um, and then later on, I found out he died three hours later. Welcome to California Nation. I'm your host, Brian Anderson. We have a special episode today. We're bringing you a behind the scenes look at a McClatchy ProPublica reporting collaboration on deaths in California County jails. We begin in Fresno County, California, where our reporters found that inmate deaths doubled in the seven years after the state shifted more responsibility to the county jails to solve its own overcrowding problem. All right, here's the show. We are not going to have a circus here. But we just left pleasure for paradise. Can you please hug me? <laughs> Do not worry, Dutch is not here today. We, we clearly learned our lesson. These are not ordinary times. And this will not be an ordinary election. When we started this process, we really didn't know where exactly the reporting was going to take us. We knew that we wanted to look at how things had changed inside county jails. This is my colleague Jason Pohl. He's been investigating the treatment of inmates in California county jails. And what he found was surprising. One example is particularly concerning. Three people enter a jail within 48 hours of each other. Two die, and the third finds himself in a coma. I'll let Jason take it from here. On January 16th, 2018, a man by the name of Ernest Brock was arrested and booked into the Fresno County Jail. About 72 hours later, he was found strangled in a jail cell and he was left in a coma. 24 hours after that man was arrested, another man by the name of Lorenzo Herrera was also booked into the Fresno County Jail. On March 24th, about two months after he'd been arrested, he was found dead in a jail cell. 72 hours after these first arrests started, another man by the name of Andre Erkins walked into the Fresno County Jail. Within a month, he was found dying of a cardiac-related disease that had previously been undetected, his family told us. And so that, those three cases kicked off what became this nightmarish year in the Fresno County Jail. It's nightmarish in several parts of the state, but Fresno in particular. So in the seven years preceding realignment, in the seven years before 2011, the Fresno County Jail experienced 23 in-custody inmate deaths. In the seven years since, that's more than doubled to 47 in-custody inmate deaths. Wow. Yeah, it's striking. The increase in deaths in the Fresno County Jail began soon after the state was ordered to reduce its prison population. To understand why realignment was needed, you have to understand the history of incarceration, at least briefly, in California. For decades leading up to 2011's realignment effort, California's prison system was bursting at the seams. There were a number of federal lawsuits that were 
challenging the conditions for uh, the ability for inmates to get health care, the ability for inmates to maintain safety, the ability for uh, staff to maintain order inside California's state prisons. They were had people sleeping in medical wards. They had people sleeping on the floor. They had a bunk bed or a cot or sometimes not even that spread in every nook and cranny in some state prisons. And so what happened was after a series of lawsuits, the state was ordered by federal judges to downsize its prison population to a number established by um, advocates on both sides and representatives from both sides. The process was called realignment, and in a, in a nutshell, basically what it did was uh, reduce the number of prisoners in the state and shift some of that burden to the counties, county jails. What was the reaction from some of the family members affected by these inmate deaths that you heard about? Yeah, so we spoke to, to family members for each of those three individuals that I mentioned. And it's where the complexities of the criminal justice system really come into focus. So, for example, one of the uh, individuals we spoke to, the mother of uh, Andre Erkins, she had had such difficulty trying to find out basic details about what happened to her son who suffered this cardiac disease that she ended up writing a letter to the judge in the case asking for help because, as she put it, she was getting the runaround. And it was actually that letter that led us to her. And when we were talking to her more about this, she was expressing how just, just basically threw her hands up and said, I don't know what else to do. I can't get basic details about what happened to my son and it's so difficult to understand what's happening inside that facility. I even tried to get his uh, medical records from jail, his any kind of records. Um, I called the Fresno County Jail. I got the runaround from them. I had to call them about six or seven times. Finally, they told me to call the courts. I called the courts, got the runaround from them. They said, write a letter. I wrote a letter. They sent the letter back and said, call the Fresno County Jail. By then, I just said, I'm, I'm done. She learned through a bunkmate that her son suffered for hours. If people are literally screaming and yelling for help for three hours, um, how do you just ignore that? How are you doing now? I have my days. Um, mostly it's the guilt. For not taking that phone call. Um, I'm in therapy. My therapist keeps trying to tell me that what could you have done? Maybe it could have been worse. Maybe he would have said, um, I'm really sick. I need your help. Um, that's when I say I'm glad I didn't get the call because what could I have done? I, I could have drove out there, but and the time it takes to get to Fresno, if he was going to die, he would have died. Um, I don't know if I could have called anybody to help him. You know, I, I just don't know. But that's the worst part that I deal with, the guilt. And what's been the Fresno County's response to this? So we spoke with uh, Sheriff Margaret Mims for uh, over two hours. And uh, we covered a lot of ground. We talked a lot about everything from the origins of realignment to the challenges of operating the jail, which, to be clear, it is not easy to operate a jail that houses some 3,000 inmates on a daily basis. 
And what, what Sheriff Mims told us was, in, in essence, these deaths are inevitable. These deaths are part of this new process in a post-realignment era. As she put it, The jail is a community. And if it happens in the community, it happens in a jail. And it could be anything you can think of, from diabetes um, to uh, dialysis to HIV to mental illness to uh, terminal cancer. If it happens in the community, it happens in our jail community. Mim suggests it'd be impossible to prevent all the deaths. Well, how long does it take to inhale a razor blade? <laughs> a second. It, the only, the, I think to, if you wanted absolutely no assaults, inmate on inmate, no assaults on no murders, staff, maybe. no murders, no suicides, you would almost have to have a CO assigned to every single inmate or, or continually eyes on those inmates. Well, President Gotti didn't used to have. For listeners who are hearing this and want to learn more about your reporting, where can they go and what can they expect? So my reporting partner, Ryan Gabrielson with ProPublica and I, have been so far for the past few months looking at in-custody death data. That's been the primary focus of our reporting. And that's taken us uh, to Fresno. That's led to pouring over thousands upon thousands of pages of documents and lines of data and trying to make sense of this. And that's also included, of course, meeting with families and talking to experts and trying to just wrap our head around the situation. Going forward, we hope to be able to better understand statewide what's going on and to bring to readers and viewers this new landscape of incarceration in California, this new model that uh, has long taken root or has taken root of late and try to figure out, okay, where have these problems really grown? And on the flip side, where have solutions followed? And how can we make our reporting have some impact, have some effects that actually push the needle forward and ultimately uh, provide a more positive outcome across the board? Jason, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to California Nation. To learn more about realignment, the growing number of inmates dying in county jails, and how the families are coping, you can check our show notes for a link to the full story. I'll be back in your feed soon. Until next time, I'm Brian Anderson. This is California Nation.